Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 9 o'clock, Sports Radio 94 WIP. Joe Giglio with you. Tucker Bagley's behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. It's how you hop aboard on this Thursday night. Of course, we talk a lot about Super Bowl 57, the Eagles' window to keep knocking on the door to these games, and how many future Hall of Famers are going to participate in this event coming up next Sunday. And we'll get back to that. But right now, we got to talk some Sixers here. As a win last night over the Magic, they split the uh, the two games against Orlando, and now the Sixers look forward to next week, the, which I just wasn't prepared for, the trade deadline. So I figured, you know what, trade deadline's coming up. Sixers are playing well for a long period of time. Doc wins a, a Coach of the Month award. Joel with the crazy game against Jokic the other night. Let's get Kyle Newbeck on to talk about all this. You've been hearing Kyle on the Clap Your Hands podcast with Elliot Shore Parks for us reading him over at Philly Voice. He joins us right now to talk some Sixers on the night. The NBA All-Star Reserves are announced. Kyle, how you doing tonight? I'm hanging in there, Joe. How you been? I feel like it's been a while. It has. Uh, doing well and... I mean, Kyle. Before we get to all the a lot going on with the Sixers and around the league, I I have to say it it's been. And I know they lost the Magic a couple nights ago, but it's been a good run here for the Sixers. I would say from the beginning of December to now, they've played really good basketball for the most part. Oh, it's been awesome. I mean, you know, since James Harden came back into the lineup, I believe it was December fifth, December sixth, something in that time frame. They are twenty-one and six in that time, and you know, I think. In a year where maybe the Eagles are worse or the Phillies didn't go on a World Series run, there'd be more buzz, more talk about the Sixers. Now, you know, maybe after the Super Bowl, they'll have their time, and that'll probably be the time, inevitably, that the Sixers start playing worse. But um, it's been great. I mean, they're playing an aesthetically pleasing brand of basketball and offense, Joel Embiid and MVP form. And, you know, I thought James Harden was in all-star form, but uh, – I guess the coaches around the NBA decided otherwise. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's, let's get into the All-Star stuff here, Kyle. And, and I have a, th- I have a theory, um, just, just based on the fact that Tyrese Halliburton made it and James Harden didn't, that maybe Howard Eskin was stuffing the ballot box the other way against Harden. <laughs> but yeah, what, what did you make of that? Um, Harden, and then we'll get to the Embiid stuff in a second, but Harden not making it, is that just he got squeezed because he missed time? Because I, I think he's he certainly played better this year than I thought he was going to. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think Halliburton, I understand, because it's a first-time guy. I think coaches like to reward, you know, the young, up-and-coming guys. I, that part I understand. Harden not making it over Drew Holiday when the Bucks essentially have an identical record to the Sixers. The Sixers have played 
one less game than them have one less win. So that's essentially the same. And Harden's numbers across the board are better. It's just flat out insane to me. I don't, I don't get that one at all. I think, I mean, if you look at the record, obviously, since Harden came back, but also all the underlying indicators, right? They're a top three offense since early December, top 10 defense. A lot of that has to do with Joel Embiid, but a lot of it, frankly, on offense has to do with James. The, the chemistry that him and Joel have had has been awesome in pick and rolls, in end game offense. They're starting to look like a team that knows how to win, that knows how to, you know, see games out when it gets tight in the fourth quarter. And, you know, this, this team finally starts to look like a real deal contender potentially. And, you know, a lot of that is about Joel, but James is right there with him. He's the co-star that I think people have been wanting Joel to have for, for years now. And, I think he got unfairly snubbed. You know, we'll see if anybody is an injury scratch from this game, but I certainly thought he was absolutely worthy of an all-star berth again this year. Kyle, where did you come down on the the outrage scale on the Joel Embiid not being a starter here? My my feeling was the issue is really the the structure of the all-star game, and we have – Four of the top, you know, I don't know, six or seven MVP candidates in the league all happen to be front court players in the East. So someone had to be snubbed. I, I mean, I don't know who the, the right three would have been. Maybe Giannis is not having his best year, but he has probably the best reputation of all these guys. Where did you come down on, on Joel? It does feel ridiculous he's not starting, but also someone had to not be voted in as a starter. Yeah, so my policy is if you're going to say this guy deserved it, you do have to be willing to say who you take out. Right. I would have put him in over Giannis. I think he's having a better season than Giannis. Uh, I think a lot of people locally would put him in over Tatum. I do think he's a better player than Jason Tatum, but I do understand the side of the voters that say he's the best player on the best team and you know they want to reward a guy like that. That part I understand. I get that, but – I mean, there's no world in which Joel Embiid is not one of the 10 guys who should be starting in the All-Star game this year. And I think, you know, the format is a little ridiculous at this point where we say, all right, it's got to be Eastern Conference front court and back court and Western Conference front court and back court when they've moved to this draft system where all these guys are going to get distributed, however, LeBron and uh, Giannis pick these teams anyway. So it's like, well, why do we need to box it in and say, well, because – there are four guys in the Eastern Conference front court who are four of the best ten players in the league. The only three of them can make it. I just I think that's sort of a, a silly concept. So I, I disagree with that pretty strongly. I think Joel should be, frankly, if he's not the outright MVP front runner right now, he's certainly in the top three. So to have a guy who is not not in the All Star game despite that is uh, it's a little preposterous. But you know maybe it's a little fuel on the fire for Joel heading down this final stretch of the season. Yeah, you know, I hope it is. Uh, and obviously he uh, he played very well, and he played very hard that last Saturday against Nikola Jokic. I mean, he gets up for these kind of moments, and that was a high-profile one against the guy that is the favorite. Kyle, I don't think you and I have ever spoken about it before. I'm curious, what do you think about Jokic? Because I, I obviously I get a lot of reaction from our listeners, and I notice people, and, and it seems like there is a – there's a thing where a lot of Sixers fans like will try to tear down Jokic because we want Embiid to be the guy, and Jokic is one of these two MVPs in a row. I'm just—we all know how great Embiid is. What do you think about Jokic? Because if he wins this thing this year, Kyle, you know it. I mean, it'd be the first back-to-back-to-back MVP since Larry Bird, which is insane that Michael and and LeBron never did that, and it would be Jokic next. But also, I just—how do we talk about him if he wins three MVPs in a row? I mean, 
Just saying that feels like we have to elevate him to like a pantheon status of at least, I don't know, a top 30, 25 player ever. Yeah, and so that's sort of my problem with it, Joe, right? Like, I think he's an absolutely incredible basketball player. I think you could honestly make the case he's the single best offensive player in the league. Like, the guy does everything. He scores 25, 26 points a game on amazing efficiency, great rebounder, and he's if he's not the best passing big man ever, I don't know who is because he's better than Arvita Sabonis, who I think traditionally was viewed as that guy. He's one of the best passers ever, period, I think, regardless of position. But I, I think in that game with Joel the, the other day where Joel clearly outplayed him, I think you see where the difference is between those two guys are, where you know Nikola Jokic is guarded by P.J. Tucker for most of that second half. And instead of saying, you know, I have a six foot five, 37-year-old power forward on me, he's still trying to, quote-unquote, do the right thing, make the right play. And he doesn't really get involved as a scorer, whereas you put a six foot five guy on Joel Embiid in single coverage for you know, most of a half, he's going to go out there and score 35 points on the other team. Like, that's just not a thing you can do. And so I think there's a separation between the two in mentality as scorers that I think if I'm looking at who I want to be an alpha dog for my team in a playoff setting or on a team in general, I want someone with more of Joel Embiid's mentality. And then the defensive side of the ball, I don't think those two are even close. Like I think Joel is one of the most impactful defenders in the league, great rim protector, all that. All the metrics tell you that. All the playoff runs where they take him off the floor and they fall apart immediately tell you that. So I think there's a big gap there. I have a real issue with if, if this guy wins three straight MVPs, to me, that can only be the case when somebody is so far clear of everybody else in the league. It's somebody who's, who's won titles, who is like a, as you said, Joe, even though they never actually won three straight, it's a Jordan LeBron level guy. Like Larry Bird, at least when he won those three straight, the Celtics were the team in the East, arguably the team in the NBA. It's either them or the Lakers at that point. So to give it to Jokic, who the only time he's made it past the second round was in the bubble, is just, you know, I think it'd be a little farcical, but we'll see what happens when it's all said and done at the end of the season. Yeah, we will. He's the favorite right now, but not as big of one as he was a, a week ago. And I actually think it'd be cool if we somehow got a Sixers and Nuggets final because the, the reaction oh, would be, be great. Awesome. And, Kyle, we haven't had a center uh, battle in the finals. I mean, the, the game's changed, obviously, but... I remember when I was young, like, you know, Patrick Ewing against Akeem Olajuwon and then Shaq versus Akeem Olajuwon. That, that was fun. We, it's, the game has just not given us that in a long time, so that would be fun. All right, Kyle, next week is the trade deadline. This snuck up on me. I think it's just I'm caught up in Eagles stuff. So yeah. g- give us some thoughts on, on where this might go and, and what Daryl Moore you think might be targeting between now and the deadline. Yeah, so I did a piece at Philly Voice, and we talked about it on Clap Your Hands with Elliot this week that I think there are two big priorities for the Sixers at the deadline. One, I think they're just looking for as many two-way wings slash forwards as they can get their hands on. Uh, I I think that is always the case at the deadline, but I do think they look at guys like Batiste Seibel, George Niang, who those are guys that have real value on this team, but are also one-way guys that potentially, you know, Niang might get played off of the floor because of his defensive concerns in the playoffs. Seibel might not be playable because of his lack of shooting. And, you know, it's been on an uptrend lately, but not a trustworthy guy that, and teams are going to leave him open when it counts. So they're looking for maybe a more balanced guy or guys plural in those type of spots. 
And then the other one, which caught me a bit off guard because they do have Joel and two more bigs on the roster already, but it does seem like they're looking for a traditional rim-protecting, rebounding center. And you know, one of the names that came up is Andre Drummond, who was here last season prior to the Ben Simmons trade that he was a part of, somebody who's going to go out there and maybe be the night-to-night guy or even just a bigger body that they're going to need against certain teams and certain matchups in the playoffs. So those are the two archetypes I would look for. I don't know how likely it is that they're going to get either one of them specifically, but I do think there is almost certainly going to be a trade made one way or the one way or another. I think that's uh, Daryl Morey's MO. He does not stand packed at the deadline. Yeah, I'd be surprised if he did. I'm excited to see what they do. Kyle will be reading over Philly Voice and listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast with Elliot. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks, Joe. There he goes, Kyle Newbeck, Philly Voice, Clap Your Hands podcast. Um, I think it would be so much fun if we got Embiid and Jokic in the finals. Now, they're both, right now, I think, I think the Nuggets are still the one seed in the West, and the Sixers are the two in the East. So it's I mean, it's not far fetched. I mean, it's it's possible, but just every time that Jokic is brought up around here, people just lose their minds. Like it's almost like we've created a thing where he's not that good because we want Embiid to be better. Jokic is great. I mean, like Kyle said, he's maybe the best offensive player in the NBA when you add it all together. Obviously, Embiid was better on Saturday, but I just think it'd be we haven't had a center battle in the finals. I think the last time was Shaq against against Hakeem in 1995. I mean, it, it's forever ago. The game, I mean, the game just doesn't have that many, right? Shaquille O'Neal had his run, but he didn't go up against any of the centers. I mean, think about the teams they played during that time. I you mean, don't count like Duncan versus Ben Wallace. No, I mean Ben Wallace. Stop. I mean, like he's just it's like a three-time defensive player of the year. Yeah, but he couldn't make a basket if you put him under the hoop. If I he... don't care. He dominated no, one side of the not... floor. No, you got to have two-way. I mean, two-way star centers, not Ben Wallace. Um, I don't think we've had one, unless I'm missing one. I, I don't think I am. We've had, I mean, obviously Duncan was like a half center, half forward, whatever you want to call him. It's just been forever. I think it'd be really fun. Plus the reaction to every game. Like, who's better? Embiid, Jokic. That'd be great to watch. I'm all in on that. Do you fear the Nuggets more than the other powers in the Eastern Conference? Like, you mean like if they play them in the finals? I, I just mean like, and maybe it's because they beat them on Saturday and I, you know, feel a little better about the Sixers. But if I had to rank teams that I would be worried about beating the Sixers in a postseason series, I don't know if I'd have a Western Conference team up there. Like, I, I would start with the Celtics and the Bucks and. Maybe the Nets at full strength if if Kevin Durant is healthy and going. I don't know. I think if the Sixers make the finals, they should be favorites. So I I get your point, but I also think so. The Nuggets are twenty three and four at home. Can't you see if the Sixers actually got there? James Harden and, and Joel Embiid sucking wind, sucking wind up there in my yeah. high elevation. Yeah, that I don't think that would that would not that would be a challenge. I'll put it that way. That would that would be a hard. Um, I, I mean, it'd probably be a long series. I'm rooting for that one. That that would be a great series. John in Winwood is up as we go back to the phone lines on WAP. What's up, John? Hey, uh, talking to you. Uh, I was talking with Tucker right before he uh, it came on. Uh, I just, uh, you know, this whole disrespect of the Eagles is, is getting a little old, but I guess in a good way, it's a little motivating factor for not only the team, but hopefully the fans. I just uh, I saw that uh, press conference or the uh, after the the win last week where uh, Nick was on with his children and his daughter was 
actually uh, very cute, but acting up. And he stopped what he was saying and then uh, went to her and said, you know, eyes forward, knock it off. And I, I looked at him as a young dad, and I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, that's what's missing so much in sports is that you don't have anybody to try to instill upon players how to behave, how to act, you know, what to do. And I, I saw that with his own children, and I, I thought it was refreshing in that, you know, I think the guy, um, I finally get him. I didn't get the whole flower analogy. I didn't get the whole, you know, we got to get roots and stuff like that. I was like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've really been very impressed with him as a head coach. I don't care if he calls the plays. He manages uh, the whole organization on the field, in the locker room, uh, at practice. And I think that's what's most important. I agree. Uh, and, John, I, th- I think that the he's real. I, th- I think the Sirianni we get is, is the real Sirianni. And I think the players genuinely like him. And I, I think they, they like that he wears his emotions on his sleeve. Um, you know, you see it when he's upset once in a while. I remember last year when he yelled at Hurts. Uh, you see it when he's excited, like, you know, when he's nodding his head to the camera. Um, and you saw it with the flower speech, right, and all that. Like, I think – I've heard a bunch of people, John, and some people older than me, so got to experience this coach I'm about to mention when he was young and he was here. Some people have compared him to to a young Dick Vermeil, and I, I see that a little bit because Dick yeah, Vermeil absolutely wore his emotions, I mean, yeah, on his that's sleeve. An ex- that's an excellent comparison, and I, I will say the same thing about Dick Vermeil as I said about um, you know Doug Peterson and about Nick Sirianni. When they all came on board, I was like, this is the best we could get for head coaching. Right. Right. And and it was, you know, it was a little bit of a learning experience, learning curve. Um, but, you know, who could say that those three coaches right there didn't come through like, you know, the, absolutely the best we could hope for. I mean, Dick Vermeil took, I mean, they had a great defense, but that offense was a little shaky. I mean, he did a lot with the offense that he had. Uh, Doug, Doug really just spun a web. I mean, I I can never, I can never badmouth him. I mean, I follow Jacksonville now just because of Doug, mm-hmm. and um, and Nick Sirianni has stepped up. He's done everything and more than you could possibly have hoped for with his team. And uh, you know, I, to a point when you said before he whiners, it's exactly I, I hear these teams just complaining about. The fact that the Eagles were better than them. <laughs> the Eagles just were better than every team they played this year. Um, and I just look forward to the Super Bowl. And oh, I can't on, wait. A, on a side, real quick, I, I, love, I love your show. I'm going to miss leading off. I, 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 I love your ta- take on baseball. You got me home from work. I don't know how many different nights. Uh, and I think Tucker is really a superstar in the waiting. And I wish you all the best, Joe. Well, John, I appreciate it. And listen, we're not—I'm not going anywhere. Like, just going—you know—a couple hours on earlier. I'm not not disappearing to to you know a different country or something. So I'll be on more actually. So I'm excited um, for the midday show. But John, I appreciate it, I, and I, I appreciate everyone that listens and has listened for the last five years at this time. I know it's not like this show is is a different kind of show for not the normal person routine. Like it's become my routine, our routine. But I get it. Like if you work a normal schedule. 
or, you know, whatever. You know, you have kids and family, and like, I get it. This is a different kind of time to listen to the radio, especially in, intently. So I, I appreciate everyone that's made time for the evening show over the years because, you know, like, you got you to gotta seek us out. I imagine most people aren't, you know, there's not much traffic out there right now. Yeah, and I always feel, you know, I used to always joke that I work when everyone else is at home or I work when everyone else is asleep. But there are people who are work these hours. Like, sure. those are our people, right? The misfits who don't necessarily work when the rest of the world does. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, we're, we're, you, we are you guys. So that's why we, uh, we appreciate it. Yes. And, and like we said, the, uh, if this is your schedule, the Odyssey app, you know, you can listen to any of the shows whenever. So uh, come on over to the midday when, when, uh, when I start doing that show with you in, in a couple weeks. And, in fact, I'm not even exactly sure the date we're going to start yet because we will hopefully have an Eagles parade uh, which could impact things, but by the tw- the week of the twentieth, without question, the uh, the shift will happen here at WIP. So so excited about all that. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. It's how you hop aboard. One quick quick thing, and we'll come back. I want to play Jalen Hurts what he had to say today uh, as he gets ready for his first Super Bowl. On the Sirianni point, two things I, I think as our last caller John made his points. One, it's pretty obvious that the, what the Eagles search for in a coach the last two times is not what we think about. They're looking for emotional intelligence. They're looking for someone who can run the show, kind of put their own stamp on what they believe is the right way to play football. Like, we're going to throw the ball. We're going to be aggressive on fourth down. We're going to be – this is the way we're going to play the game. We think think we've unlocked the key to winning. This is the way we do it. You on board? Cool. Now can you connect with people? All right, you can. You're our guy. Like, that's what they're looking for. Second thing is if if I'm worried about one thing for next week, I mentioned it to Howard earlier – other than Jeff Stoutland, and, I, and we got to go through the coaching staff. Maybe I'm missing a couple people. This is a very inexperienced staff when it comes to Super Bowl experience. And I'm not talking about the game. I'm not talking about when they kick it off next Sunday. Like, whatever. Like, once the game starts, it's the game. I'm talking about dealing with the week. Media day. We'll go over the names of the guys that have their own podium next Monday. The media week, the game, the whole, like, getting prepared with the, the distractions all week. Andy Reid's done this a lot. I mean, Steve Spagnuolo's done – how many times have they done that combined, right? Like Andy and Spagnuolo two times or three times now in Kansas City. Spagnuolo went twice with the Giants or once? I forget when he left to go to the Rams. One I of think those, just once. once. I think it was the Rams coach the you, second time they went. I think you're right. So he went once. But the two of them have been there a lot. Spags was here, right, in 04? Yeah, and you can go back to Andy being the quarterback's coach for, for Favre when right. the, the Packers went there. A million times. They just added together. They've been there for a lot. They know how to handle, like, it's a crazy week. This is how we get our work in. The, play. the Eagles have no experience with that from a coaching perspective. That that does worry me a little bit. 215-592-9494. We'll come back. We'll tell you who's going to have a podium at Media Day for the Eagles Media Night. And we'll let you hear what Jalen Hurts had to say today at his presser on Sports Radio 94 WIP. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 